$100 million in jury verdicts and settlements for serious injury victims, medical malpractice victims, and surviving family members of wrongful death victims. Trial Lawyers for Justice. This is a firm that does not handle frivolous lawsuits. They go after insurance company money, and they're darn good at it. They don't sell their clients out or settle cheaply. Trial Lawyers for Justice, the firm that goes the distance for you their client. They treat their clients the way you would want your own family members taken care of. Nicholas Rowley, Dominic Pachota, and the other trial lawyers in the firm at Trial Lawyers for Justice, dedicated to representing the people and their families in Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Illinois, California, Wyoming, and many other states. Trial Lawyers for Justice. $100 million in settlements and jury verdicts already in 2016. 888-811-0844. Trial Lawyers for Justice. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today's show is going to be interesting because who's going to be our guest today? Well, we're going to talk about something that I think is near and dear to our hearts because we're radio broadcasters, but they are related to us, and that is the print journalism and where it's going. We're going to... Uh, speak to a rather prominent sports editor from the San Francisco Chronicle, a good friend of ours, and talk about the future of print journalism and online writing and sports. I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah, it should be because you have a lot of situations where you know there's so much online stuff with the blogging and then you the know tweeting, and, tweeting, yeah, yeah. And, and then how much of it is just like taken from the Associated Press rather yeah. than you know how much own, is independent? People. Very good point. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, in the old days, they used to fly these guys all over the place. Oh yeah, no, you'd see it was interesting. We can get into that. The, the difference in reporting because. I still go to games today, Edward, and the difference in reporting today and how it was done just even 15 years ago, dramatic change. Well, dramatic change. Okay. At each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. And uh, today's theme, again, is just miscellaneous sports because I don't want you to get ahead of yourself to think, <laughs> okay, what are we doing? Baseball, one. football? Yeah. In fact, let's see, are these questions. Uh, uh, there's an easy one, uh, there's a hard one, and then I think there's another hard one. Oh, okay. Right, well, well, you we'll usually see. throw some pretty tough ones at me. I, you know, That's because you have this reputation of knowing, of, of the know-all. I'm one of those idiot savant types. I can remember you know, the guy's birth date from some yeah. ball player I saw <laughs> back in the 50s, but when it's my own anniversary you know, with my wife, uh, oh, that's right, it's on Thursday, that yeah, next week. All right. You can't mess that one no, up. You don't happy wife, that happy life. That's it, man. All right, this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding. Now, they're just a little hair under 8% right now, about 7.93%. You should check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. They have very conservative investments in the mortgage industry. And stay with us because you're listening to Sports Econ 101, and we will be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Whether you're a local or entertaining visitors, check out the new Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square for 360-degree views that are out of this world. This new San Francisco landmark serves up premium wines by the glass and locally crafted beers, as well as tempting appetizers, all of which complement the city's landmark vistas. The Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. This is a health warning from Dr. Approved Medical, America's trusted resource for back braces. If you're 65 or older and suffering from back pain, you may qualify to receive an advanced pain-relieving back brace at little or no cost to you. Many people are now using our pain-relieving back brace as an alternative to surgery or harmful medications and experience pain relief that they haven't felt in years. Don't let your back pain turn into something worse. Remember, if you qualify for no money out of pocket, there's nothing to lose and only real pain relief to gain. Our friendly team of experts will handle all paperwork and we'll deliver it for free. Just call 800-507-1148. Your pain-relieving back brace may be covered by Medicare at little or no cost to you. Call our hotline now and get free shipping, plus a complimentary easy-to-use pedometer. 800-507-1148. 800-507-1148. 800-507-1148. Little to no cost with full insurance payment, copay, and deductible supply promo subject to qualification while supplies last. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who do we have on the phone? Oh, we have a good friend of ours who is the sports editor of the San Francisco Chronicle, the largest uh, paper in Northern California, and Al Sarakovic. I knew I was going to blow that. Sarasovic, right? <laughs> is that, that's the right pronunciation, right, Al? You've got it right, Bruce. Oh, boy. We, we, we're, not, we're not even out of the shoot, and I'm already mispronouncing our guest name. <laughs> and you were upset when he didn't answer after the first two That's rings. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. You can call me Al, like the song says. Just call That's you right. Al. That's well, well you're, you've got a fascinating job because the, the challenge we've, we face today, those of us who work in, in broadcasting or in the journalism business, uh, print journalism business as you're in, is that things are constantly changing, especially with with the, all of the new 21st century 
media. And you guys have had to get on board, and I just want to ask you about the challenge that that presents because your reporters that go to games now, I see them not only covering the game, but they're having some of them are having to tweet while they play while they're doing it. Now, Bruce Jenkins has said he won't do that when he's fine <laughs> columnist. But I mean, some of the some of the beat writers actually have to do that. It's it's more challenging today in some respects, isn't it, Al, to cover uh, to be a field reporter and just be out there, you know, with the hoi polloi and, and, and you know covering the main event. It's yeah, you, you're you're com- entirely right. It's it's changed dramatically in my time at newspapers, and uh, I just passed the twenty year mark as a daily newspaper uh, uh, newspaper man here in San Francisco, starting with the uh, old San Francisco Examiner, then moving over to the Chronicle when we merged. Oh, congratulations! Uh, by the way, that's quite yeah. twenty years of uh, surviving <laughs> in this business. That's uh... congratulations or condolences. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's been a fabulous ride. I've gotten to do a lot of different things here, and uh, you know, during that ride, I've, I've seen the development of multiple platforms of media. It, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, it goes way beyond tweeting, uh, Bruce. You know, all of our staffers, myself included, uh, anytime we're at an event or interviewing someone, uh, we could very well be uh, taping the interview. Uh, we could be videotaping and uh, sending instant video online. Uh, we use social media like Twitter and Facebook to promote our stories, our videos, our own photos. So you become a, a kind of a, a, a one-person uh, production team out in the field right now, and it's it's pretty amazing. the The idea of watching the game and then writing a story afterwards is is long gone. Uh, you're basically engaged with your readership throughout the event, and uh, you know even Mr. Jenkins, who's right here in the office with us today. Um, has embraced all the, uh, the the Twitter. I know there there was a time when Bruce was concerned about uh, jumping into the social media, but he's actually quite good at it. He has a strong following. Bruce has a Twitter uh, following. Are you kidding me? I never thought. You're not following? <laughs> no, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to do that. That'll give me a reason you're to get into Twitter. Right I, you know, people ask me if I tweet. I said no, but I pass gas. You know, um, so so our fr- our good friend Vern Glenn. I mean, he's on TV and he says he's having to do a lot of his own camera work. I see Vern out there all the time with his camera, yeah. I mean, I, this is all part and parcel with, you have two different things going on. You have the emergence of digital media, which is uh, clearly the uh, the present and the future. Uh, most of our readership uh, comes uh, via you know digital devices. And then the, the other side of that coin is you have uh, reduced revenue in, in various media outlets, so that means reduced staff. So we're we're doing a lot more with less people, and I think that's why you do find instances like Vern Glenn. I'll see him out in the parking lot carrying his camera into the mm-hmm. into the event, um, and you can see me out there t- uh, shooting video during pregame interviews. Uh, well, that's a, that's a true story. I have actually seen Al, and I was wondering what the heck he's doing, and he sh- sh- he's like a cameraman. You're having to wear like <laughs> ten hats. What's going on here, man? Is that like doing a bunch of selfies? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty crazy, but uh, I'll tell you, it gets a lot of traffic. There's a lot of uh, revenue uh, related to videos, guys. And really, it's very huh. very popular on your website. There, that, you, that that generates right. enough to to help supplement what you're getting through the other uh, more traditional sources. Exactly, and uh, the the cost, uh, the the you know, there was a, a long time where people were simply chasing clicks. Uh, you know, the more clicks you got on stories and web pages, the more revenue would be generated. But uh, that is such a rat race, and there's so many different outlets chasing clicks that you know the the, the cost you can, the the revenue you can actually generate from that, you know, from the ads that get served with each page, has actually diminished. 
Mm. And, uh, huh. So the online business model continues to seek other revenue streams, and the uh, the the flavor du jour right now is video. Uh, well, video you, actually, uh, you can you can uh, basically attach a advertisement to the video. It's something we all hate. Yeah. You know, when you click on a video and you got to sit there for 15 seconds watching something else. Um, but you know, for an industry that that I believe is vitally important to our society and democracy, especially now. Um, you know, we need to find ways to support our newsroom. And yeah, my, uh, these online elements are, are a big part of that. Yeah, my, my favorite four le- new four-letter word is skip, you know, for, for on those videos. Um, but, oh, yeah. you know, in the in the old days, well, it's interesting, you know, you're on, on one hand, you know, you think, okay, print media, you know, quote, is dead. Uh, and so the you know the revenue should go down, but then on the other side, you know, before you came on, Bruce and I were talking about how in the old days, you know, you guys would be flying all of the reporters all over the country, and so now you're saving on all that travel time, right? A lot of yeah. times, you know, you get you get fed from the Associated Press, or, or they send right. one, they send a beat reporter along usually. But you're, yeah, what he's right. what, what Edward's saying, I think, is very true, and that's that's tough for you, Al, because I know that you appreciated having grown up in the era when there were so many more reporters, you know, on site. That you had to kind of cut back on that, but that's just reality, isn't it? It's, it's a really difficult and interesting part of my job has been the, uh, the decision-making process on travel is, is a piece of it. Um, you know, there there was a time that we traveled much more. We had a much larger staff. I think I, I took over the sports department about seven years ago. I think when I walked into sports just prior to that, I think they had over 30 people. We probably have about half of that now. Fifteen people. And, wow! And, and how how many uh, got to fly first class? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you say about fifteen people, that, Glenn Dickey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, how is Glenn doing? Because I have not seen him. And for those that are outside of the Bay Area and don't know who Glenn Dickey is, he. It's a wonderful, uh, curmudgeonly sports <laughs> writer. I, I love Glenn because he just, you know, he was always, you know, uh, he was like he was like that guy who was always tilting against windmills, but he, he had a reason right. for it. But I, I just wonder how he's doing. He was a, a very fine columnist for many, many years with the Chronicle, I guess about 40 years altogether. Is he still around? Is he hanging in there? Uh, indeed, Glenn was the ultimate contrarian and uh, curmudgeon, like you said. Uh, <laughs> I probably saw him about six months ago. Um, I, you know, I, I hope he's doing great. I, I haven't been in the field as much as I, I'd like to be in recent months, so I, I haven't caught him in, uh, in the press box. I Probably since uh, maybe early to mid-baseball season. Yeah. Uh, if, Glenn's not, if Glenn's out there listening, I hope you're doing well, man. I hope to see you out in the press box. Yeah, good guy. Uh, yeah, I remember I seeing him. About, I was talking about Glenn because he was kind of back in, in the in – the, uh, the fat and happy days of newspapers. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, he was a beat writer of the Raiders back in the '60s when when uh, right. when Al Davis was a young man and Stabler hadn't even right. appeared on the scene. And that just reminds me, you know how how important these guys were to us, and they still are to a degree. I mean, I love. I'm an older guy, but I love re- reading Bruce Jenkins and Scott Osler. You're, I mean, they've been around so long, and their perspective is so it's so worldly. Well, yeah, even the documentaries that are done, they I remember seeing Glenn Dickey on there a few times. Oh, you know, and, Glenn, and I was going to say that. Glenn and that and that bunch. That, that for you, Al, you're a relatively young guy. When I say young, you're you know you're under I believe you're under fifty, aren't you? You're still in your forties. I, I am in the forties. Uh, uh, you're just a older. child. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that that speaks well for you to to be in your position for as long as you have, and and we got to. You have to take a break. Uh, we're going to go to a break in okay. just 30 But, but I, was, I was just going to say, hang in there with us, and we'll talk a little bit more about the day-to-day coverage of sports and the challenges as we uh, continue here. 
All right. Great, so, I'll catch you on the other side. All okay, right. well, yeah, just yes, yeah, stay, stay with it. Stay with us because uh, uh, don't answer this question yet. When we come back from break, we'll, we'll see if you know the answer to this one. This we'll, one we'll, a, we'll let up, give Al the first crack uh, at this. Yeah, one. okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll start off with somewhat of a softball question. Okay, okay? okay. it has nothing to do with softball. All right. <laughs> when Monday Night Football's first air, excuse me, when Monday Night Football first aired on ABC in 1970. Who were the announcers? Oh, that's too easy. That's a little too wow. easy. Okay. Yeah. But we always wanted to start off with a little bit of, okay. and, and uh, we'll let you even do your uh, impersonation because Bruce does a, a very good job of, uh, I won't tell you. <laughs> this, one's, this one's pretty easy, though. Okay. All right. So that's our question. When Monday Night Football first aired on, uh, in 1970 on ABC, who were the announcers? Don't touch that dial because we're, you're listening to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a TOCO plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call TOCO at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Well, welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question. We figured we'd throw a softball one out at you. When Monday Night Football first aired on ABC in 1970, who were the announcers? Well, I know the play-by-play announcer. Hot Daddy! First down! <laughs> but yeah, he actually, Keith Jackson, was ABC's play-by-play announcer, then Danny Don Meredith and Howard Cosell. That's right. But the thing about Keith Jackson was he, he that was the best thing that ever happened to him, getting fired from Monday Night Football because they didn't call it being fired because the network didn't fire him. They just moved him over into college football. And that and, air, that uh, brought the way for Frank Gifford to come in. And right? that brought, well, Frank yeah. Gifford was already there, but that gave him a, a higher profile. It also actually gave wait, Jackson only, a higher profile. I thought there was only the three of them. Yeah, that's right. No, Keith Jackson... Howard Cosell, uh, Don Meredith. Don Meredith, right. Okay, so that's three of them. Right. Keith leaves, right. and then they bring on... Then bring on Gifford. Gifford, there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. So here we go. And right. remind us who our guest is. Yes, Al Sorokovic. There you go. There you got it. And right. I was really working on that. <laughs> Al, did I do okay? Come on. <laughs> yes, they call me Al, Bruce. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's great to have sure. you on. Al is a, is a good friend of ours. We've known Al for a while here. He's a fairly young guy, but he's the... Uh, very fine sports editor of the San Francisco Chronicle, which still I think is is far superior to any local paper. And I'm prejudiced; I've been reading it since I was eight years old, so that's going back a, a long time. But but now we were talking about before we broke away about about travel. You still with us? We had a little feedback there. Is Al, Al, Al you still there? Al's gone. All well, right. we'll just have to get him right back. We'll then. get him right back. Then. Okay, go I ahead. Gonna, I was just going to mention that you know during the time that I was uh, getting into broadcasting, which would be in the mid nineteen seventies, as far as uh, on a professional level, uh, we used to travel a fair amount. Um, and when I was working in Eureka, they didn't actually pay for all of oh, our yeah, expenses. Yeah. Most of uh, some of them were picked up by the team, but just a different era. And Al, sorry we lost you there. We got you back here. We're, 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 messages at this whoops, point. I guess that, <laughs> <laughs> we got Al's we got Al's so, I tell you, the wonders of technology yeah, here. Right. As well, Edward we're... plays engineer, <laughs> I will do as they say, my program director used to say, well, you're very good at this, Bruce. Fill time. <laughs> so no, I was just gonna say though, I got to travel a lot with the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco Giants, and back in those days, the teams actually tr- took the uh, reporters with them and did not charge them, so they were kind of in the back pocket. Uh, but I was not going to worry about that. I was just a kid out of you know college, a couple of years working in Eureka and television, and this was a wonderful experience. So I got to travel a lot with uh, with the Raiders and the Giants. And now we got Al back with us. Sorry about that. I had some kind of technical problem. We, we were just talking about how travel has changed so dramatically uh, in the uh, sports journalism business in that you just don't get a chance to send as many reporters to events anymore. You have to kind of... Uh, have people in those areas helping you out. You rely on the wires. You rely on the internet more. But there still is an element of there's nothing quite like being at the event, though. And talk about how tough that has been having that challenge of cutting back on your travel. Because for years, newspapers were always the they you'd always see you know when a team would come in to play our Bay Area teams, we'd see fifteen or twenty guys from the newspapers. Sometimes if it was New York or Chicago, now maybe three or four. Definitely, uh, things have changed. And, and first off, before we got caught off, I heard you saying that we were one of the best, uh, if not the best, uh, news outlet for sports in Northern California. And uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. We do our best over here, and uh, 
uh, you know, just as you were starting to compliment me, I got cut off on the phone. It was just a. <laughs> we, we were actually having a fun time with it, Al, because I, I mean, you—I don't know if you remember Bob Agnew. He used to be the program director at KNBR when I was there from 1988 to '96, but he or not, uh, 2006. Yeah. But he always used to tell me, he says, if we have some kind of a problem and, and you've just got to fill time, I don't have any problem with you filling time because I know you'll fill time. Just, you you went, just can't have that airspace. Yeah. He says, but when, you do, but when you do your 90-second update, I want 90 seconds, not two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Chris McGowan around, he can fill up the space. But oh, boy. your question. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the climate has changed in terms of travel. You know, I'd like to, you know, for, for readers of the Sporting Green and the Chronicle, uh, SFChronicle.com and SFK.com, we're still committed to sending our writers out on the road with our teams. I think it's an important thing, like you said, Bruce. Um, the, the biggest distinction I think that's been made by regional metropolitan papers like us and uh, maybe the Boston Globe or the Chicago Tribune is it's a really tough choice to decide what do you do with the British Open? What do you do with the World Cup of Soccer? What do you do with uh, the Masters, for instance? Um, so I think that's where most people have stepped back is going, is going to the, the major national and international events where you might have 2,000 uh, you know, journalists on hand. Um, uh, say the, the Rio Olympics this last summer, we did send Ann Killian, and uh, I think it was important for the Olympics because we have regional athletes to cover. Um, there are a lot of people from the Bay Area that go to the Olympics, and Ann brought that perspective. She wrote about the uh, athletes from the Bay Area that were, uh, were competing. Um, when it comes to something like the British Open, it's a much more difficult uh, decision to make. Um, does the San Francisco Chronicle have a horse in that race? Are we going to bring a unique perspective that makes sense? And those are the kind of decisions uh, I, I have to make in terms of budget and how we allocate it. I would rather uh, produce the most comprehensive regional sports report, just carpet bomb the Bay Area sports scene, and, and leave some of the national and international events to the uh, larger uh, sports media to cover. And, uh, and that way we're serving our readership, our audience, and, uh, and the teams that we cover and uh, save some of that money that we might have spent on uh, Wimbledon or uh, the World Cup. Well, th- th- I was going to ask you about that. Do you poll your readers to see what the demographics are? To you know, like if there's a million golfers out there who read the paper. Um, yes, we've had uh, plenty of uh, reader surveys. We bring in uh, focus groups, things like that. It happens every few years. Um, the, the basic consensus is that they do want news about the biggest uh, professional and college teams in the bay area there's a big market for uh, high school sports too which is hard to yeah. which is hard to execute to be honest that one actually well, you guys do a good job though i've noticed in the last couple of years mitch stevens who's your very fine prep uh, writer really does a nice job covering the local uh, high school you know scene well a lot it, of uh, it, yeah, I mean, i'm going to sort of guess here a little bit that um, you know the baby boomers have kids who are in high school and so sure. You know, there's there's a big uh, push for that. You know, they want to see how their their kids are doing or the friends, you know, the kids of the friends, stuff like that. Whereas yeah, before, yeah. you know, there, when there were, weren't as many kids, like when I was, yeah. right, I'm one of the tail end of the baby boomers, and so after I left uh, school, you know, the, a lot of these schools, like elementary schools, started closing. People That's just true, weren't yeah. having kids, so. Yeah. There's a time at which there's not that many kids in high school, yeah, and so, so it's true. not right. So yeah, you're not going to yeah. get the coverage. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic market. Again, it's a uh, it's a, a costly thing to do. On any given Friday night, you might have over a hundred uh, high school football games in the nine county Bay area. So again, we have to make tough decisions uh, on 
how many people we can employ to do that. Uh, you mentioned Mitch Stevens. He's, uh, he's one of a kind. He writes for us as well as Max Preps. And uh, he's able to use his own team of stringers around the Bay Area to aggregate uh, a typical Friday Night Lights kind of package for us. And uh, he does a great job. Boy, one of the... We used to have 50 stringers at various right? around the Bay Area. Oh. And uh, that, that's something that's on by the wayside as well. So trying to make do with less is, is, is a consistent theme you're going to find. Well, not only, do you have to pay, not only do you have to pay these guys, but there's only so much paper. That you right. that you want to print. Yeah. That's true. The yeah. space of the news hole is a is a, a consideration. Also, how many people? I mean, when we did have fifty people out there, I, I wasn't running sports at the time, but um, you know, we'd have three or four staffers here on the sports desk taking phone calls, um, taking dictation, you know, from pay phones and everywhere yeah. else um, back in the day. And uh, that's another expense too. You know, that sometimes uh, you know we don't have that kind of staff uh, on the desk anymore as well. So it, it's all kind of a um, do a little bit more with less, and uh, I'd like to think that we're doing a good job of that. But. No, you guys are doing a fine job. Al Sorokovic uh, for the San Francisco Chronicle Sports Editor joining us. And, and i got to ask you about covering the Warriors this year. Every day I read something fascinating about the Warriors in your paper. Today there was a really nice uh, feature piece on David West and how his maturity and worldliness has kind of helped keep a, a younger group of, of players that are coming up through the ranks now focused. And, you know, that that is a special challenge, covering a team that's been in two world championships, won one, and is right now the darlings, the toast. Whoever thought we'd say the Warriors would be the toast of the Bay Area? Yeah. They are clearly head and shoulders above it, yeah. even over the Giants right now, Al. Yeah. So you guys really do have an oblig- not only an obligation, but everybody wants to talk about them. It's a, uh, a daunting prospect, but one that we've stepped up to. Connor Letourneau is our uh, new writer on the Warriors this year. For years, Rusty Simmons did a fantastic job on the Warriors. Um, Connor stepped in this year to help out with the beat, and uh, he's hit the ground running. And uh, we also have great uh, uh, columnists with NBA chops, uh, primarily Bruce Jenkins and Scott Osler. And Killian writes a good uh, Warriors column. And uh, I also enjoy writing uh, basketball myself. So I, I serve as kind of a, a wild card column, columnist for, for everything we do. Um, but uh, that, I have to that, say, Al, that is unusual. Sometimes you read the sports editor once a month, but you're on, you know, sometimes a couple times a, a week, and I really like that because we get to know you and, and kind of get a sense for where this paper is going. I appreciate that, Bruce. Um, yeah, it's not very common um, around the country for a, a sports editor to also write. It's something uh, I've always tried to do. I've been an editor and a, and a, a columnist or a, a writer uh, throughout my career. I feel like it's important to maintain a connection with the uh, demands of writing. I hope uh, you get paid for both. <laughs> well, I get paid, and then I do both. How's that? Exactly. I, um, Al, st- stay with us a minute, because when we come back, I do want to ask you about, you know, these uh, uh, NFL teams going to play in London. And then, you know, if the Raiders play there, how are you going to do that? So well, we're going get to get to that in just a second here. Okay, here's our second commercial break. What is the Adams Award, and who was the first individual to win it? That's the question. All right? And we want you to email edward at sportsecon101.com to see if you know the answer to this question. What is the Adams Award, and who was the first individual to win it? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back.
How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. Whether you're a local or entertaining visitors, check out the new Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square for 360-degree views that are out of this world. This new San Francisco landmark serves up premium wines by the glass and locally crafted beers, as well as tempting appetizers, all of which complement the city's landmark vistas. The Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. You can now hear your favorite Sports Byline USA Network shows while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. The latest episode is always available. Stitcher brings radio and podcast listeners a better way to listen to their favorite shows and helps them discover new content. Stitcher delivers personalized audio streams on demand right on your smartphone. Available for your iPhone, Android phones, WebOS phones, or your BlackBerry. Stitcher is also available in some GM and Ford dashboard systems. Downloading is easy. Go to Stitcher.com or check out your app store. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question, what is the Adams Award and who was the first individual to win it? I'm going to say hockey, but I think Al's got the right answer here. What, what, what is it, Al? My, my first guess was hockey as well, and then uh, it, it, it turns out it is the Coach of the Year award. From what That's I right. That, that, it is for hockey, yes. For Coach of the Year. Yeah, it's okay. a, it, was, we and it was named after Jack Adams, who was the Hockey Hall of Fame player for Toronto, Vancouver, and Ottawa, and he was also a coach and general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, and it is for NHL's Coach of the Year. Very good, Al. Hockey reminds me of a, of a cousin that I never got to know because I grew up kind of sort of following the sport but never really got into it until I went away to college. And it's Al, you grew up, what, in Cleveland, so I, I imagine you were exposed to it. But w- did you have a big following uh, in your family for hockey? I, my, my high school team had a hockey uh, uh, My high school had a hockey team in Cleveland, Ohio, and I remember staying up late at night 
after I was supposed to be in bed and listening to the broadcast of Hockey Night in Canada coming off coming over Lake Erie. And uh, I actually just thought about that today. I, uh, uh, unfortunately, the news that Craig Sager, uh, the, the great NBA uh, uh, commentator and analyst, uh, passed away today. And when I was thinking about Craig Sager, I immediately thought of Don Cherry as well, the, oh, yeah. NFL, uh, the, the Hockey Night in Canada uh, announcer up there. And he also had the crazy jacket. So uh, uh, remembering Craig and remembering listening to Don Cherry late at night in Cleveland. So that's now, about how, as far how, as I go with hockey, to be honest. Oh, yeah. How come I, Cleveland doesn't yeah. have a hockey team? Yeah, and I've never figured that one out. Why doesn't Cleveland have a hockey team? They're right in the heart of, of hockey country. Same thing with Green Bay. Yeah. They, they actually do. Uh, they have a uh, uh, it's kind of the second league. I, can't, I think it's the IFL or the IHL or something. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and they won the championship this year, actually. Uh, wow. Uh, two or three days before the Cavs won. I was in Cleveland with the Warriors covering the games, and uh, they're called the Lumberjacks. But, uh, the Lumberjacks. Uh, way, way back in the day, there was the Cleveland uh, Barons. That's right. They were an NHL team that I believe became the Minnesota. And Warriors. the Cleveland Barons actually came from Oakland. They were the Oakland Seals. I don't know if <laughs> anybody remembers that, but the Oakland Seals actually were out here for six years and then moved to Cleveland. And then I think they disbanded, didn't they, Al? Right. Uh, yeah. I think they became the North Stars. That's right. Okay. North Stars. Yeah, that's what happened. The NHL is pretty confusing, but um, I'm guessing we're getting a little far afield talking about. I was going to say, where you know, you put two guys or three guys like us talking sports together, and the conversation is going to go off into into a different into a different <laughs> yeah. category. Yeah, but, but uh, we did want to ask about uh, yeah. the printing the newspaper yeah. of the winner. You know, the old uh, Dewey feet, defeats Truman type of printing uh, them ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you you have an interesting story about that, Al. I guess you guys printed a, a headline prior to the Warriors winning the championship game last year or two years ago at Cleveland. Tell us about that story. You know, it's it's fairly common practice in our business to print up a championship front page. If you have a team in a, in a, a clinching game, um, we were able to do that last year where we had a uh, championship cover of the Warriors, I guess the, uh, yeah, it was last year, the year before last, whichever, the season before last. Um, and uh, when the Warriors clinched in Cleveland, Ohio, I was able to pass out um, commemorative uh, chronicle covers, and uh, it was quite a moment for us because um, uh, you know I passed on a number of the covers. Uh, some of the Warriors uh, 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 administrators were—I I don't think they were too enthusiastic about having a, a chronicle involved in the celebration and all that. But this happens at every Super Bowl and every World Series. You see it with local papers; they get out a, a, a uh, congratulatory cover, but uh, the, the beauty of our situation was as the team stood on the court in Cleveland, and they were just about to snap their championship team photo at the very last moment, Festus Azili's arm came up slowly behind the whole group, and he was holding the Chronicles cover. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Now, what, do, you, do you print both, just in case? Uh, we did one for the Warriors. So, uh, so if they didn't win, that you weren't going to worry about it. Indeed. So uh, I still have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for uh, uh, Azili, who I'm looking at the picture right now. It's hanging over my, my desk here at the Chronicle. And, uh, it was just a great little moment for a great group of guys. Yeah, I, I remember that, and I, I remember thinking to myself, boy, the Chronicle has got to be pretty happy about that kind of publicity. But it is it is a special moment. That kind of a moment doesn't happen in, in Cleveland. Of course, that hadn't happened in years until the Cavs upset the Warriors. And you grew up in Cleveland, so here you are covering the Warriors on a regular basis, but in, deep in your heart, you must be thinking of your old, uh, you know, your old t- hometown and your old hometown team. That must have been kind of a conflicting situation. Yeah, this is, you know, this topic came up so many times over the last two years, playing two finals in a row with Cleveland. 
I've been on Cleveland radio where they asked me to endorse the Cavs and everything else. For you know, it's a it's a tricky situation because first and foremost, we're object, objective journalists. We're not rooting for the Warriors or the Cavs and all the rest. Um, I, I, I basically said that it was a, a kind of a mixed emotion for me because I've gotten to know a little bit about the Warriors. I've been around that organization, and I think it's really top shelf. I like all the players. The the, the, the coaching uh, staff is unbelievable under Kerr. So you know, I, I really. If I was kind of pulling for anyone, it was really for that for that organization. But I grew up a Cavs fan as well, so the way I look at it, it was a win-win situation. I was honored to to be. I was standing right on the baseline or behind the baseline when the Cavs uh, won their championship. And for someone who grew up in Cleveland, I'm 47 years old now and had never experienced the Cleveland championship. It was kind of special to be there that night. Um, it didn't sink in until a few days later, to be honest. At that time, I was stressed out, harried, and trying to get the paper out and uh, cover the event. But a couple days later, I said, wow, I was there, you know, and uh, so that was a neat thing. So mixed emotions. At the end of the day, we are uh, covering the event. I'm hoping for the best in terms of a good story, and uh, and it worked out. It worked out both years, actually. It's interesting to note, you know, you mentioned you really, you know, you have to be a fan of the games, but as far as caring about who wins, uh, you, you you have to maintain an objectivity because oftentimes you go into losing locker rooms and you have to ask the tough questions. But at the same time, I've known and, and I've I've traveled a lot with the Giants and and the Raiders, two teams I grew up with as a fan. And I know deep in my heart, even though I could always be objective, I was still kind of quietly pulling for those guys. And that must be tough if you're a writer. Let's say you've covered a team for 20 years, a team that you used to follow as a kid. Even though now you're a writer, how do you how do you separate? You know, being a fan of the game and being a fan of the team in your writing, that's got to be a real challenge. I, I really appreciate you asking that because it, it's not so much uh, a question of how you do it, but you have to do it. Um, I think there's a great misconception amongst uh, readership uh, in, in sports journalism, um, and there's a lot of kind of uh, uh, rooting in the, in the field uh, amongst, uh, you know, journalists and pseudo-journalists and bloggers and all the rest. It, you know, for, for folks like us at a legitimate newsroom like the Chronicle that um, uh, seeks to, to produce objective, truthful journalism, you really cannot root for the team that you're covering. That's an expectation on our part. And it's amazing how many people um, have no concept of that. You know, if you write something critical, I'll get a lot of emails from people saying, how could you write that about our Giants, you know? <laughs> and they're not our Giants. We cover the Giants the same way we cover City Hall. You know, we're not rooting for the mayor. We cover the mayor. You know, that that's the way it works. So I don't know. You know, it's funny, though. I'm thinking it's one thing to cover, you know, uh, politics of course that gets kind of skewed too but you know or, or, or specific news events but th- there's something about sports that it's kind of like this is your home team you know what i mean it's it's a little different than just saying you know there a fire broke out in uh, in florida in a bar you know well it is a part of the community and i think yeah. al, al recognizes that and you you spoke of that early in in our conversation about how the importance of a newspaper to a community for instance the importance of the san francisco chronicle to the san francisco bay area for sports fans is is huge in my book i mean if the chronicle wasn't around and i'm not saying this just to make you feel good i would have a tough time you know just listening to the radio and watching television to get my news i really like to sit down and and get the full analysis and all the nuance and i think you know that it's so important that these local uh 
newspapers, which are a dying breed, unfortunately, yours included, you know, you really have to keep addressing the fact that you're a part of the community and at the same time maintain the objectivity. And as I said before, not an easy... It's super important. It yeah. address a couple of different things there. Um, while there isn't a more emotional connection to your sports team than maybe your local school board or your uh, public utilities commission, things like that, I do think it's important to remain uh, objective and, and tell the story straight, uh, especially at the newspaper. You're going to see a little bit of difference at KNBR, for instance, uh, or at Comcast, where you're going to get a lot of uh, you know, more uh, rooting, more homework kind of coverage. I think it's important for, for someone to, to tell it straight and not have any conflict of interest. And the, the best example I can give you for that is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, when I first took over, we were very critical of the idea of them going to Santa Clara. I felt like we kind of editorialized on that, but we told the story straight. Um, the columnists, and myself included, uh, uh, expressed our concern that it might be a bad decision. When they soared to the top of the NFL and they went to the Super Bowl, we also remained objective and, and wrote about the pros and cons of uh, uh, Harbaugh's regime. And now when they've, they're really in dire straits and it's clear that the stadium's not working out for them, um, again, we're, we're telling it uh, uh, straight. So I think it's important you know, for the good times and the bad times to remain objective. And that's a little dull, but I do think it's something that people don't realize. They, they, they think that we're here to promote the Giants or the, or the Niners. Uh, I, I think it's important that we're here to cover them. No, well, that's that's true because a lot of us readers, you know, we, we do want to know specifics rather than just right. you know a raw raw team. But let me ask you if um, you know as the trend seems to be going more and more of less reading of a paper and looking at your smartphone and that sort of thing. What will you what will you guys do? I mean, you're not going to stop printing newspapers. Um, I, you know, I, I have this conversation all the time. It, it's a very, very typical point of conversation. Any cocktail party I go to or anything like that. Um, there's been a lot of hand wringing over what's going to happen after you know after newspapers. The good news is is it's already happened. Um, what we do now is we gather information. We either write down that information or produce a video about that information, and then we send it out over multiple channels. So one channel is the traditional newspaper. Another channel is uh, is our webpage, sfchronicle.com. You can also go to sfgate.com for, uh, for our free content. Um, and that same content is then rendered to show up on your cell phone, your smartphone. You can also read it on your iPad. So basically what we're doing is slicing and dicing our content and sending it out over five or six different platforms. And the good news is you get to choose what you're comfortable with. Bruce, if you like to sit down on the couch with the, the print paper, that's your option. We'll, we'll deliver it to your house. Um, if you wanted to read it on the uh, on your cell phone while you're strap hanging in, in BART, that's also an option. So we kind of customize it to what the reader wants, and that's already happened. We get way more readership over digital devices than we do on the paper. Uh, SFK can get somewhere between 5 and 8 million pages a day. But the, the, the fact is, though, Alan, and you know this better than I, when it comes to writing for the digital media, I've noticed that the, the accounts are, are much more compact and, and synthesized. And I think right. that's because it's just, isn't it natural when people stare at a screen, their attention span isn't quite the same as staring at a newspaper? I've noticed this. You know, right. it, it comes and goes. Um, you can do long-form journalism on, on, the, uh, on a computer or uh, even on a cell phone quite um, successfully. This fall, for instance, we tracked the final season of Najee Harris, the nation's number one football recruit. Uh, 
you know, he plays for Antioch. And Ron Kroichik, one of our great uh, feature writers, and uh, he can write a good column, and he covers golf for us as well. But Ron wrote a series of long stories about Najee's life. What's it like being the number one recruit in the country? And I'll tell you, if you go on sfchronicle.com and look up the Najee Chronicles, which is what we named the series, it's absolutely gorgeous on, on, on the screen. The photography, the writing, the long form, graphics and videos, it actually works beautifully on, on the digital platform. So, you know, it's all emerging. This is what we started this conversation with, is so much more with different platforms. But it's really working, and the good news is the Chronicle is actually doing better than it has in many, many years. Uh, we're profitable again, and we're, we're doing okay. Well, so Al? It's great news. Al, you know what? We loved having you on, and we're going to have to have you on again. Unfortunately, we got to cut out to another commercial break here. And say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Al, and have a great holiday. Right. Thanks a lot. Call Thanks. me anytime. Happy holidays to everyone else. All right. All right. That's Al Sorokovic, who's the very fine sports editor of the San Francisco Chronicle and a good friend of mine who I run into all the time at the games. Just a, a very fine writer and a good guy. Very good. Okay. Got to cut to a quick break. Here's the question. In college football, what is the Ram Falcon Trophy? Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Last trivia question. In college football, what is the Ram Falcon Trophy? God, I have not a single clue. Well, yeah, off break, you were getting kind of close. Well, the Colorado State Rams. Yeah, That's the only college football team that I know, or basketball team, or whatever team that has the name of Rams. And then the Falcons. I know there's the... Um, the uh, army is the Black Knights, but the Black Falcons. Come on, I'm come thinking. on, think, think. No, no, well, no. But think, think about Falcons. Oh, Air Force Falcons. Yes. Oh, it's the game between Colorado State and Air Force. Very good. You I, got I, it. I didn't, I didn't know that that was that big a deal because I went well, to school at Denver, and and those schools were at the opposite end, one to the north, one to the south, and they played each other. But I didn't know it was that big a deal. But I, I, what I'm trying to understand is, I understand like you know, Army, Navy, right? But Air Force, Colorado, what? Why? Colorado State. I know, but not, I mean, not University of Colorado. Colorado no, okay, State. okay yeah. but I mean, what, what's yeah, the connection? I, I don't know. I, I know they used to play each other in basketball, uh, and once in a while in football. But Colorado State was never that good when I was there, and they used not to play them. I don't know. Maybe well, they're well, playing where, them now. Maybe they got a rivalry now. Where's Air Force located? Air Force is down in Colorado Springs, which is about oh, 60 that's miles, the reason then because they're both in Colorado. Yeah, sixty gotcha. miles south of Denver and. Uh, Fort Collins is where the Colorado State University is, and that's about forty miles north. Okay, of, I mean, I can understand, yeah. like you know, Harvard, about, Yale, they're you about hundred miles apart. USC, UCLA. Yeah. But you know, I, you know I went to school, University of Denver, but that was a long time ago before this rivalry ever came about. I never heard. Well, anything and about. actually, the trophy was first awarded in nineteen fifty-seven. Wow. Yeah. I must not have been Colorado. paying attention. <laughs> Here I was working on the campus media. You know, I was the voice of the pioneers. Yes, but you weren't, you weren't in college in 1957, though. No, that's true. I was in college in the 1970s, though. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Early but you, 70s. But, but you hadn't heard that. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Here's our thoughts for the day. Thoughts for the day. Harry Varden. Who's Harry Varden? Sounds like, a, I think, a famous coach. Uh, maybe. But he yeah. said, yeah, probably. Because he said, don't play too much golf. Two rounds a day are plenty. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Former golfer. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be. That name sounds familiar. Okay, and Bob Verde? Bob Verde is a sports writer, I believe. Okay, he said, The bell that tolls for all in boxing belongs to a cash register. Oh, that's That's, true. I like that one. I don't think Bob Verde's around anymore. He was very popular back in the 70s and 80s. Tune in next week to Sports Ecom 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.